Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, your host, and the clinical microbiologist and the chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. For today's episode, we welcome Ben Levno from our product management team at Mayo Clinic Laboratories for a test and focus interview. Thanks for the introduction today, Dr. Pritt. We'll be discussing the stiff person PERM autoimmune evaluation today with Dr. Andrew McKeown. But before we get started, Dr. McKeown, could you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure. I'm a, a director of the Neuromonology Laboratory at Mayo Clinic, uh, and I'm also a practicing neurologist. So I staff the autoimmune neurology clinic where we see a, a variety of patients with mostly autoimmune central nervous system disorders uh, beyond sort of the scope of multiple sclerosis. So autoimmune encephalitis, myelitis, stiff person syndrome, and other related disorders. Great. I just think that's so important to emphasize to our listeners how you're both seeing patients and in the lab behind the scenes helping to develop these tests. How long have you been with the lab, Dr. McKeown, working on that side? I joined the lab as a fellow in 2007 and then became a faculty member in 2009 and a director in 2015. Right. So over a decade, years of experience now on both sides. Today, we're going to talk about the stiff person PERM evaluation. We've had the glycine receptor standalone test for a while now, but Dr. McKeown, can you tell us a little bit about this unique assay, this evaluation that has not only glycine receptor, but other autoantibody tests as well? Sure. So what we're trying to do here is trying to capture the antibody spectrum of central nervous system hyperexcitability. And so this is a, a spectrum of disorders where people have stiffness, spasms affecting classically the low back and the lower extremities that we call stiff person syndrome. But it can be a more restricted form involving a single limb or perhaps two limbs on one side of the body that's known as stiff limb syndrome. And then also a more widespread form called PERM or progressive encephalomyelitis or rigidity and myoclonus. The GAD65 antibody um, has been the uh, classical test associated with stiff person syndrome since it was described back in the late 1980s. Uh, but there have been other antibodies uh, discovered since then including alpha-phizin antibody, DPPX antibody, and glycine receptor antibody. And so uh, this profile really is to capture all of that serological spectrum because there can be clinical overlap between how these different disorders present. Great. Thanks, Dr. McKeown. I think the only other point is that we're offering this evaluation in both serum and CSF, right? Correct. And is yes. there... Any guidance that you would offer about when one would be more appropriate than the other? Well, I think for a classical stiff person case, I think checking the, the serum evaluation would likely suffice in that you're capturing the GAD65 glycine receptor and alpha-phizin antibodies. For the PERM phenotype, where it's a kind of a more diverse collection of problems, including uh, not just stiffness, but also myoclonus and encephalopathy, and whereby DPPX antibody comes into the equation, testing the CSF uh, is also important in those patients. Glycine receptor antibody in the CSF is also 
uh, more specific for patients with a perm phenotype. If we find glycine receptor in the CSF, it's uh, very specific for that diagnosis. So that would be another reason to uh, to test the CSF. In summary, that I mean, it really does sound like both are recommended for this phenotype. Yeah. So for the classical stiff person phenotype, I think serum alone to start with would suffice and see if you get your answer there. If you don't get the answer, I'd say test the CSF. For maybe that, that very severe, often hospitalized perm phenotype, I would think both serum and CSF. Great summary. Thanks, Dr. McKeown. Sure. And you mentioned a few of these different antibodies. So there will be four now included, GAD65, glycine receptor, DPPX, and amphipycin. We don't need to get too far in the weeds, but can you just help our listeners understand a little bit more about why we think it's most appropriate to evaluate all four of those. And then maybe in your answer, Dr. McKeown, you could also explain why those are separate from a larger evaluation that we have called the movement disorder evaluation, which includes you know, 20 different antibodies. The idea here is to try to include antibodies that are pertinent for this specific phenotype and nothing else. I suppose that we could have considered lumping all of stiff person in with the rest of movement disorders, but there were some logistical issues as to why we didn't do that. One is that the glycine receptor test is a completely manual setup. It's quite a challenging test to set up. It spent many years in development uh, being perfected, and it was not sustainable for us in the longer run to set this up on mass for screening in many, many patients uh, across different evaluations. So we decided that we, in the first instance, have this as a standalone test, but now we have built an evaluation for this specific phenotype, which is overall in the grand scheme of things is quite a rare clinical presentation. So we don't anticipate many, many referrals for this, but I think that for the patients uh, where they have this particular phenotype, this will be an evaluation of high value uh, for them. I think it's another step forward in Mayo Clinic's phenotype-specific approach, right, Dr. McKeown, where we're trying to include all the relevant antibodies, but not those that would lead physicians down a confusing path with positive results that don't fit into the right phenotype. Yes, correct. I think that we've spent a lot of time in the last few years really drilling down on that particular topic and really looking at the whole nervous system, starting with from top to bottom optic neuritis all the way down to peripheral neuropathy. And the evaluations as they stand include antibodies that are pertinent to that phenotype only. So for example, optic neuritis, there are just two antibodies for the stiff person. There are four for encephalopathy. I don't know, maybe 20 analytes. And over time, we would anticipate that that will increase as new antibodies are discovered that are pertinent for those phenotypes. So we have to remember for, say, the example of autoimmune encephalopathy, it's up up to half of patients may be antibody negative at this point. And so there may be more biomarkers to come uh, as the years go on. And so that could be true for, you you could have antibody X that's discovered, and that might be relevant for encephalopathy and epilepsy, and that'll go into those evaluations only. But then uh, antibody Y might be pertinent to, say, ataxia, and that would go into a movement disorders evaluation and antibody Z discovered may be pertinent to stiff person syndrome and go into that into that phenotype specific evaluation only. Great. Lots of more work to be done. Excitement about what's uh, still ahead. 
Dr. McKeown, as we talk about phenotypes for this specific evaluation, the stiff person perm evaluation, can you give our listeners a couple examples of what patient presentation might lead a physician to order this evaluation? And maybe a couple examples where it wouldn't be appropriate. Sure. So a patient that presents with subacute onset stiffness and spasms in the low back and lower extremities, where there are signs of stiffness on exam. So it's not just a symptomatic complaint and where there have been falls in particular, where perhaps there's a background history of autoimmune diabetes or thyroid disease. Then one would think of GAD65 antibody in that situation. If there was a, a woman who had developed similar symptoms, but maybe affecting just the lower extremities or one lower extremity, even one might think of stiff limb syndrome associated with alpha-fizin antibody. You could imagine then a patient who has this hyperplexia or exaggerated startle plus generalized body stiffness and maybe confusion, then one might think of glycine receptor autoimmunity in, in, in those patients. These patients, though, in general, they, they do have objective evidence on exam. The differential diagnosis is broad, but can include disorders where there are not upper motor neuron signs on exam, such as fibromyalgia, where people kind of complain of feeling stiff, have a lot of pain in general, and pain is the predominant feature along with fatigue, but the neurologic exam is, is normal or maybe low back pain, whereby the person has kind of garden variety, mechanical low back problems, but complain of stiffness and spasms. But when on examination, there really isn't evidence of kind of a fixed rigid lumbar lordosis, no evidence of lower extremity involvement. Those would be kind of lower levels of suspicion in those cases for an autoimmune sort of central nervous system problem. Thanks, Dr. McKeown. It's really a specific evaluation for the stiff person perm phenotype. Mm. Can you give a couple examples that broader movement disorder evaluation would be appropriate? Or even I've heard you mention the myelopathy evaluation. Physicians might be, get confused you know, with our menu. So we want to be as specific as we can. The stiff person phenotype, yeah, so localization-wise, it localizes to brainstem and spinal cord. But these people have isolated stiffness and spasms. They don't have other myelopathic features and the stiffness with superimposed spasms is really the headline issue. For myelopathy in general, these are patients who have usually several symptoms that could include ascending numbness and weakness and pain associated with spasticity of the limbs with brisk reflexes of going toes. They may have abnormal spinal cord signal indicative of an inflammatory spinal cord problem, myelitis, and those kinds of features. There are distinct differences, but there is some overlap clinically that's kind of hard to really get away from in some circumstances. So amphivizin antibody, for instance, is in both evaluations. That makes perfect sense, though, Dr. McKeown. Thanks for clarifying that. How does this new evaluation improve upon previous approaches, Dr. McKeown? Look at how the landscape is right now. What will this new test uh, offer to physicians? The main thing is, is it really draws together several strands that have been developed in our lab in recent years. So we had GAD65 antibody dating back several years, and that was always recognized as a marker of stiff person, and people could order that test on its own. But over time, have brought up other tests. Amphifizin antibody has been there for several years now. DPPX antibody, I think we brought on board probably three years ago, and glycine receptor 
just last year. But the, the point is that, you know, these uh, antibodies have different utilities depending on clinical phenotype. So for instance, GAD65 is also pertinent to encephalitis and ataxia. Similarly, uh, DPPX is pertinent to encephalitis and seizures and movement disorders of various types. But the glycine receptor antibody is really pertinent to this stiff person spectrum um, that includes PERM. And the thought was at that stage, well, we have that now, we really can put forward uh, an evaluation that pulls all of those four strands together. I think it really should be a large improvement in efficiency, you know, make that decision-making process easier for physicians. How about the impact on patients, Dr. McKeown? What does a positive or negative result for our stiff person perm evaluation mean for their care? The positive result means two things. One is there could be a, a cancer association that needs to be looked at. So we don't see that for the GAD65 autoimmune cases, but for DPPX, we would think of B-cell neoplasia. Glycine receptor antibody could be thymoma or occasionally other cancer types. And then the amphifysin antibody, typically in the stiff person presentation, we're thinking of either breast cancer most commonly, but in a man in particular, we would think of small cell or neuroendocrine cancers. Right. So definitely help us search for that occult cancer. I think I've also read that uh, glycine receptor seropositivity improves the prognosis for the patient, right? Immunotherapy responsiveness is also a factor for some of these. Is that right? Yeah. So the second point then is the immune therapy response. And we have encountered that actually for all four antibodies uh, to varying degrees, but we have published that the glycine receptor autoantibody in particular seems to be immune therapy responsive. So one thing we haven't touched on much is the unique nature of this offering to Mayo Clinic laboratories. Mayo Clinic is the only one to offer this type of testing. Are there other alternatives for physicians or other tests that they could order to get to these same answers, Dr. McKeown? Not particularly. There are some specialized neurophysiology tests that can document central nervous system hyperexcitability, but uh, those are somewhat insensitive and also have limited availability. So that testing is available maybe at two or three sites in the whole of the United States. So really a lot of it comes down to detailed clinical history and examination, and then uh, complemented by appropriate antibody testing in in patients with that phenotype. That's great that uh, we're able to offer this test and provide answers. I think kind of to conclude our time, Dr. McKeown, I didn't know if you had a key takeaway or anything that you're most excited about or with this uh, new test, anything you want to share? Sure. So for the stiff person perm evaluation of serum and spinal fluid, the main takeaway point is that this is a comprehensive evaluation based on known and characterized and validated antibodies for patients who fall within the stiff person CNS hyperexcitable spectrum. So this includes stiff person syndrome, stiff limb, and PERM. This will aid in confirming a clinical diagnosis, indicating potential cancers to look for in these patients, and also via literature references that we would provide in the reports would uh, help give some guidance as to immune therapy. Great. Known, characterized, and validated. I think that's really important to be able to help our physicians out. So thanks for spending time unpacking all that with us today, Dr. McKeown. 
You're very welcome, Ben. Thanks very much for all the support. Yeah, have a good day. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.